Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee here. You know what this show is. It is myself and a fellow Metallica obsessive from around the world going through the back catalogue of, in my opinion, the greatest metal band of all time, Metallica. We are very close to the end. We are recording this on the 4th of August and the show is set to end on the 7th of November. So uh, yeah, we've got about 30 or so songs left to go. Today we are doing uh, That Was Just Your Life, the opening track of Death Magnetic. Um, if you enjoy the show, I should say, and you want to give back to the show, many things you can do. You can support us on our social media channels, at MetallicaPod, for all the news, and I ask for your opinions on the songs and stuff like that over there. Uh, we've got the Patreon, where all the episodes go on there first. Normally two or three episodes will be on there as an RSS feed, get it downloaded straight to your phone. YouTube, don't really upload that much on YouTube really, but you know, occasionally I do, do the So What Falls, my little look back on uh, Metallica's very own fanzine, so go over there, subscribe over there iTunes leaves a review, send us an email, metallicapod at gmail.com, if you want to hop on and do a song. We haven't got anything available, I'm afraid, but I can certainly put you in a bit of a waiting list, um, because people do drop out, or people are unresponsive, or whatever, and you know, I get that, uh, I'm quite a flake myself, but uh, yeah, metallicapod at gmail.com with the best way to get in touch with me. But today, I am joined by uh, yet another guest on yet another song, Matt, how's it going? I'm good, thank you very much for having me. From Chicago, the northwest suburbs, is that right? Yes, sir. Is everyone there a fan of the band Chicago, or is that just too much of an assumption? Uh, I feel like it might be a little stereotypical, yes. but I also feel like it would be hard not to be a fan of Chicago. I, I just, I just love that there's so many American bands. Nate, you know, Boston, obviously. There's a band called America. Like, there's no band called England, or, or certainly not a famous one. Well, maybe we'll get there in time. Yeah, yeah, I think London. I think Nikki Six was in London. And um, yeah, there needs to be a Birmingham out there. I think one of the ugliest names for a place ever. But uh, you, Metallica, how, how did it start? Um, honestly, so probably when I was about 13, 14, and around 2003, I had never heard of Metallica. Mm-hmm. I was just really getting into music. And I used to watch a lot of music videos on MTV. You know, back when they showed music videos. Oh, yes. And... Uh, I remember there'd be a song that came on and it was a band in a prison and it was like a really hard, ugly song. Mm-hmm. It ended up being St. Anger. Yeah. Uh, seeing that, I was kind of put off. I, at that time, wasn't really interested in that genre of music. So it didn't really mean anything to me. I didn't realize who they were. But then give another year or two, I was in high school and my teacher was doing a presentation and he was actually doing like a slideshow. And in the background for my history class, he was using the song One. That's where I got... That's a cool history teacher right there. Yeah, it was. He actually really liked different styles of music. He was a really awesome teacher. But yeah, that's actually what got me into Metallica was, I feel like for a lot of people, the song One. That's great, yeah. It's always the history teachers that are the ones down with the kids. I remember our one played as an episode of The Simpsons, the Jebediah Springfield one, to kind of explain how history is written by the victors and stuff like that. So so, sure. you, hear, so you hear one, like, how, how do, you, do you just buy the records? I mean, so you're talking like early 2000s. Is this, an, is this a Napster job or? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it got into towards the mid-2000s when I started to really get into sure. them. So that was, for me, probably around, like, LimeWire era, oh, yeah. unfortunately. Love so, LimeWire. But I did also like go through and buy all their CDs, and yeah, I just I loved everything that they did. 
and going through then so it sounds like we're kind of about the same age and like i was getting to the band about the same time as well and death magnetic was my first proper you know the my metallica album like the new metallica that i you know i was hearing along with everyone else Mm -hmm. wasn't playing catch-up so what was that feeling for you the build-up to the record was that an exciting thing were you kind of aware on the back burner or like yeah like you said yeah that was the same first release for me so it was following mission metallica watching them come out with a new video each day and just trying to get as many snippets as you can but then also being in the same boat of once the record came out oh hey everything that they did for mission metallica a lot of that wasn't used on the record yeah but but it was just so cool to see that process and be really pumped for hey awesome there's a new record coming this will be the first real experience yeah, it's funny you mentioned Limar actually, because I do remember at the time downloading like Death Magnetic leak demos or something, and it had loads of riffs on it. I don't know if it was even legit. It might have just been some dude. Like, it didn't have any vocals <laughs> on it. None of the riffs I reckon. They're kind of Metallica esque, but, you know, all riffs are kind of Metallica esque to a great extent. But, but, but yeah. yeah, you're right. I remember as well. I don't remember exactly, like, I wasn't like buying it the day it came out, but I'm pretty sure around that time I remember getting it and then, you know, in- engaging with it. And, of course, the first thing we damn here is is that was just your life and i mean we'll jump into the song now <laughs> what a welcome back what an entry track right i mean this is something that people really regard highly like a lot of the comments are going to get to the end of the episode people are saying this is one of the best things done in 20 years like th- this is basically the gap from black album like it's kind of a dark hole and then we emerge with death magnetic right absolutely for that to be the introduction and for it to start so differently with the just slow build-up intro of the heartbeat and mm-hmm getting the first real taste of Rob with his bass line in the intro. Like it was just a good setup to start the song. Yeah. Yeah. It's the heartbeat intro works really well. You know, it is kind of a little bit cliche, like a lot of songs start with that kind of idea, but um, you know, it it works in the whole, you know, that was just your life idea and um, the corporeal. So we have the heartbeat, we have the, the ominous riff coming in that classic riff and then kind of, Kirk's guitar, the background second guitar, sounds very ominous, doesn't it? it? Sounds like hollow bell chimes or something. Like it, it works well. It does. The way how it builds and with James and Kirk playing off of each other throughout mm-hmm. the whole song. Oh yeah. It is their tone their tones are recognizable to distinct like make a distinction between the two. And yeah, it is. It's got a very eerie dark feeling to it like you said Mm -hmm. and you know as it builds as all metallica songs do you know uh it starts to weaponize the riff develops a bit more what uh, what at first were kind of ambient like kind of quite sonorous sounds from kirk become the you know everything's clattering down like this is the metallica we love but what i like is it's quite well balanced sonically. You mentioned uh, Rob's bass before, which you can totally hear kind of slivering around. And, it, and it's nice they put that in there and Lars's drums mm. as well. But as we're building towards that main riff, everything's pulling out. You, you can still hear, if you do listen, you can still hear the heartbeat. You can still hear that clean arpeggio. It feels very full track. It does. It's They do an excellent job for starting this album in a way where you're not going to forget it. And... It also just made for a great live opener then, too, because, again, they play so well together. It's such a well-constructed song. Just the whole, the speed of it, the frenetic pace after the slow intro. Yeah. It just works so well. Yeah. And, you you know, you get a teaser just before we break off into the main riff of how 
metallic how death magnetic riffs kind of work now uh you know they repeat a lot they tease yeah. things uh, they they anticipate um you know that they go back where maybe like for, don't get me wrong i love this song i think this is definitely one of the best songs that they've done since the 2000s no doubt since the 90s one of the highlights of death magnetic which is an incredible record i do think you could maybe have cut 30 seconds off this track in certain places there's just certain returns to riffs that slightly stymie the momentum for me personally yeah i mean that's understandable they do that with a lot of it seems like the tracks on death magnetic and even even to some degree now hardwired yeah a lot on hardwired they they kind of like to push the limit and make songs long even though they'll say they don't Mm -hmm. you can hear that they do yeah yeah it's just it it does feel a little unnecessarily indulgent really like you know songs like the judas kiss for example i think many people find it hard to argue that you again you couldn't lop a little bit off that track and we're just trying to make them better i think the core ingredients are fantastic maybe just you know a little bit too much in the broth but we get into the main riff which is the kind of riff that James can write in his sleep. Like, James will burp and that riff will just come out, you know what I mean? There's nothing really involved in it. But it's so successful and anthemic, and you can almost hear the sounds of millions of Metallica fans fist-pumping as this kicked in on 2008. You know, the band are back. Absolutely. It's not even... Like, when you think about it, it's not even that overly... The chugging part is very straightforward, but the... As you get into the it just it works so well. It it honestly kind of reminds me of like brings me back to like fifties music where it's kinda like that almost Motown, like you think of getting into the sixties like Beach Boys. It's got kind of like a surf vibe to me. Damn, okay, yeah, I can sort of see what you see, yeah, kind of Dick Dale-esque and kind of, yeah, resolving into those lines. And it's very hardwired, feels very similar to the hardwired riff to me as well. It does. And you're right, it is anchored to that bullet spray chug of James to which the riff is built around. And, um, you know, it's irresistible. And then James comes in singing. I mean, actually, let's talk about the sound of this track, because a lot of people bring up the brashness, the brightness of Death Magnetic. And this song is certainly a victim of it. For me, personally, it, it doesn't ruin my day. You know, I'm kind of, I understand it. I know there's a guitar hero version that are better, whatever. I'm interested in the writing, the composition of this track. And it doesn't detract. I mean, does it, does it diminish it for you, the overall impact of the song, the way it's produced? It honestly doesn't. I'm, I guess I'm not an audiophile no. like other people. I mean, I could... I have no problems with this, whereas I can see why people would. But at the same time, people had problems with St. Anger. And, you know, it just it is what it is. Everyone's always going to have an issue with something. Yeah, I'm not really like, you know, I remember Neil Young brought out his Pono, I think it was called. It was like his iPod and it was like basically a sort of vinyl MP3, lossless audio, whatever. And it's like, again, like I'm from that LimeWire era. But to me, I don't really mind squishy MP3 sounds. Like, again, I'm just into the actual songs themselves. Like, you know, um, everyone talks about, oh, vinyl. And vinyl's great. I don't own any vinyl. But I think a film is a good film. You watch it on VHS. You watch it on Blu-ray. It's the writing. It's the performances. It it might somewhat hamper your appreciation. But it's not a different song. It's not a different screenplay. You know what I mean? It's still the same thing. So, yeah, again, there are points to this song. I think the final chorus, when the drums come in heavier, it does sound cluttered it does sound muddy i cannot deny that but the the spirit of the song shines through and um i mean in the verses james is pretty much straight up rapping like these are some rapid fire delivery here it's excellent i it's got to be so hard for him to have done this live and he did kind of struggle with it live 
Uh, mm-hmm. Cause he would trip over the lyrics sometimes and yeah. just like replace them with other lyrics. <laughs> but, but the delivery, like you said, it actually, and I'm not even a big fan of rap, but his delivery here to me is excellent. He does it so well and so smoothly in the actual track itself. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a lot of fun to listen to. It really is. And it's underscored by the fact that even though it's da 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 like you could be putting just kind of anonymous images in there. But some of the ideas are really quite odd and stick with you. Um, you know, the blind man strapped into the drive seat. A, like a face that learns to speak when all it knew was how to bite. Like, what is, what is a face like that going to say? That's a very haunted visage. It is. Some of it is pretty pretty disturbing. Like you said, it is kind of just like he's almost barking like this insanity out. Yeah. But it, it just it works so well. It's funny, but it works really well. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And it just adds to that manic energy as we go on. Mm-hmm. And as with so many Metallica songs, you just think to yourself, how the fuck does this guy play and sing this? Like, I don't, the body's not designed to exist on those two levels. Like, you know, certain people can tap their head and rub their belly in two places. This is beyond that. This is, this is next level. And, uh, you know, like Sad But True, in a different way, because it's more of a rhythmic idea, but this is just purely technical. I don't know how he's getting onto that. And we go down into the um, pre-chorus, Blind My Eyes, forward back. Like, I don't know about you, I love the guitar here. It's so groovy and gruff and confrontational. It's just so slick and enjoyable. It is. This is almost like it was a preview of what they were trying to do with Hardwired. Like, hmm. they were trying to find that groove, and they didn't have a ton of it on Death Magnetic. Death Magnetic is more of a punch-you-in-the-face, yeah. but they still showed they could do it. This seemed like it was a blending of their past and also showing kind of where they were heading. Yeah, certainly, and you just so many kind of clever ideas here, like a lot of the guitar playing in Load and Reload, they didn't really think about what was going on melodically or where the song was channeling to, and we just went from riff to chorus, whatever, but, you know, in the pre-chorus when James is saying, open up just in time to say goodbye, the song itself opens up and becomes more syncopated and breathy, and then we get into that chorus that almost like your life, almost like you're in a song, like, stupendous chorus, and again, I love the guitar, I love that wild, rushing torrent underneath, it's just such a relentless assault isn't it like this song never puts its foot off the pedal it doesn't it keeps you energized the entire way through and just lets you know hey i'm here and get ready for the rest of this album because you're in for a ride yeah yeah and you know so much of james's vocals as well like i I like his kind of breathless rapping stuff but i also like um you know his his inflection as well like in the in the later verse when he's like disconnect somehow like he has this kind of I don't know, you know, you know the way Hetfield can embellish certain lines with quite a winning mm-hmm. uh, frontman charisma. Like he endows the song with that, despite its brutality. He does. I mean, James is always going to be known for his guitar, his riffage, all of that. But as a vocalist, he really is great at what he does. For someone who didn't really want to sing and only did it <laughs> out of necessity, it's impressive how great he's really become just the whole package as a front man yeah yeah i mean the song is crazy the song after the chorus um you know kind of returns back as well like a wound that keeps on bleeding uh uh, the raging river drowning only a drink like a poison like as well when i want the world to die again that way he sings that i just love always have the hair standing on the back of my neck and um Mm -hmm. we push forward beyond that into the, I guess you'd call it sort of the bridge, uh, the dun 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 dun, dun where the guitars are piling and piling and piling on top. What, what, what do you make of that section? It's just a really fun riff. It's yeah. it's a good it's a good segue as we start to build into the solo. Mm-hmm. 
and get to hear Kirk be unleashed. It's yeah. It's just a lot of fun. It's just a fun riff. I mean, unleashed is the perfect word because, you know, if you were to listen to this song out of context, you'd appreciate the solo. And I, I think this is a great solo. And, you know, many years ago when I started the show, I did like a top 10 favorite guitar solos. I think this is one of my sort of surprise inclusions towards the top. I've always really, even though, you know, a bad mouth later era Kirk and, you know, it's mostly trash. I'm not going to deny that. This solo works really well. But you kind of have to appreciate what's gone before, don't you? That he was chained down in the St. Anger sessions and he wasn't allowed to express himself. And this is just kind of pure adrenaline solo isn't even the way it starts it doesn't build up it just goes straight it's almost like it's eight bars into the solo from the start it's just that crazy flurry of notes and then those giant octave shifting bends he's it's an exhibition it is it was like he was trying to see basically okay how fast can i play and then how much can i cram in such a short amount of time yeah and then just kind of rip off from there back into the riff but he did a good job like you said it is a really excellent solo for not being anything too dynamic there's no. not a whole lot of movement but he just he executes it well yeah yeah i mean it has that madden flurry has those giant bends then it has kind of one of those classic kirk things where he likes to sort of crawl up the neck with some open strings it ends with like this kind of gurgling wah you know it doesn't really outstay its welcome um say like the next song end of the line has quite a long solo this is quite a brief one despite the songs comparatively being similar lengths and uh yeah it just kind of strips back uh into the verse uh which Again, Hetfield's playing with the melody here. It's got more of a leapy melody, isn't it? Uh, it sort of goes up and down. How hot did you get cut? Like, kind of like he's kind of playing with his own his own octave shifting to a certain extent there, which is even harder to sing over the top of. Like, he's going between registers now. Yeah, but again, he, he pulls it off so well. This is where, like, live too, especially, he did have problems with this. And this is sure. kind of like, it reminds me of, like, an Atlas Rise yeah. Where it gets it gets high in the parts, and you can see he has a harder time doing that live, but for a record, it works fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you know, we get the uh, kind of Finn Fin Lizzy harmonized stuff. Now, and I like how it keeps whipping up further and further, and that's got a real venom to it as well. I mean, around this section, there's around thirty seconds I would cut where it goes back to certain movements. But look, this is a this is a minor thing really and i don't think it destabilizes the integrity of the song at all the song comes back in with this chorus and it's just i mean it's just crushing isn't it like you couldn't have wished for a better track to open you know metallica's supposed comeback you couldn't have after going from something like saint anger it was just dirty ugly call mm-hmm. what you will and i'm not, i'm not a saint anger hater i actually oh, no. enjoy saint anger yeah me too so i don't i'm on your side mm-hmm. but <laughs> But it is. It's just. It's a good preview of this is where we're going to be. This is what we are. Enjoy the rest of the record. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's it, it's a perfect taster. And you know, a lot of the riffs do feel similar throughout Death Magnetic. Death Magnetic. I've seen that as a criticism. I do completely understand that. And they come from the mm-hmm. same wellspring that a lot of the load and reload ones and stuff like that. But um, I think I think this song just just works on so many different levels. And um, there's just a real intelligence. There's a real thought process going behind the imagery, going behind the. I, I love in the chorus as well when James says, "And there it went," almost like your life, like sort of pointing off screen to kind of engaging you, like your life, you the listener, right here, right now. It's a very effective mode. It is. He he does a great job of making the listener always feel like this song could be about me. This could be like life is hard. You got to get through it. Mm-hmm. Don't let it pass you by. I mean, mm-hmm. he literally says those lyrics. Yeah. At yeah. some points. I mean, he's just letting always people know, hey, enjoy the moment that you have because life is short. And despite how difficult of a track it is, it was performed a lot. 
on the World Magnetic Tour 170 times. It was debuted in Berlin uh, September 12, 2008, and last played November 21st, 2010 in Melbourne, Australia. I mean, I'd like to see this dusted off. Like, you know, we've had the St. Anger slot now on the Worldwide Tour, but hopefully we'll get a Death Magnetic slot in the future. And this is one of the ones I want to see nailed on that they perform nightly. That would be excellent. The Death Magnetic definitely does not get enough appreciation, no. I feel like, from the band. Um, I also, unfortunately, don't think That Was Just Your Life will ever be brushed off again. Mm-hmm. It, seem, it seems like it's in the, for album openers, Ain't My Bitch vein, where it kind of lived on the tour right. and then died. And then okay. just died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get, maybe hard, maybe Hardwired will suffer the same fate. It, it's possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, still, it's cool that they would bring it, it out for a lot of the tracks. And, um, you know, it's on the Quebec Magnetic, and it's on when they went to Mexico, and the, the Big Four DVD, and you know, uh, it's on Guitar Hero World Tour as well. So there's lots of different versions of them playing it. But as we always do, guys, we go to you on Twitter, at Metallica Pod, your feedback on this track. And uh, people were effusive on this one. Tommy saying, this song ushered in the latest period in Metallica's career with a bang, starting with the good old thrash of a quiet, gradually growing intro. I have a special place for this song. As Death Magnetic was the first new Metallica album I got after becoming a fan. We get a glorious old school shredding thrash solo from Kirk in the midst of a long complex song that harkens back to the days of justice. 10 out of 10. I tend to be pretty accepting of people's opinions, but anyone who dislikes this song beyond the production is just plain wrong. Dave saying colossal track. Reminder at the time the old boys can still not only go, but were capable of making music that hits currently, not just classics. Ralph saying Metallica's return to thrash was evident on this album right from the start with this song. The listener hears a heartbeat that stops with that eerie intro riff soon the song bolts headlong out of the gate with that searing main riff then james starts spitting out those lyrics rapid fire almost like a machine gun the song seems to be about some tempting fate or death eventually we get to the treat to the glorious return of kirk's vicious soloing that is evident all across this album too such a fantastic way to kick off things i could care less about the production loudness issues with this album metallica was finally back to be metallica on this lp dr bass says amazing return to form just the same that the band seemed to have completely abandoned the entire album i mean to be fair they have in a certain extent, but the album was only 11 years ago. Like, you know, it, it's not it's not in that nostalgia sphere anymore or any, you know, currently. And maybe it will be one day. So it's just the band wrote too many good songs, unfortunately, and they're a victim of that successes. Uh, Tom saying if it had been released in the 80s, it would have been considered as much a classic as Battery Blackened, etc. It's that good. I don't know about that personally, Matt. What, what do you think? Does it stand against Battery and Blackened? Honestly, I do. I do think it competes with them. Mm-hmm. Um, Blackened, personally, I think is the best album opener they've done. Yep. It's just that's literally the perfect song, and what a great job by Jason, mm-hmm. who didn't necessarily contribute the most. But that was just your life. It does definitely have its place. Of the recent years, it's it's by far the best album opener. The eighties, yeah, it's tougher to compare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the golden era, of course. Uh, Luke saying, big statement. This may even be my favorite Metallica song not made in the 80s. John saying that Finn Lizzy harmony section made me almost cry with delight when I first heard it. Plus a return to standard tuning, which is glorious. Top five Metallica songs, says Josh. Great opening statement for a long-awaited album. And finally, Paul saying, brilliant opener. It felt like we had our Metallica back once the song was over. So good to hear Kirk ripping solos again. Uh, Matt, any final thoughts on this tune? Uh, Just honestly, a really great song. It was something that really set death magnetic off in a great way and let you know metallica's back there was a lot Uh of people who thought this was metallica reaching trying to be in the 80s again live in the past if that was what they were doing which they denied who cares i mean they didn't they did an excellent job on the album overall so 
and this again that was just your life perfect album opener exactly exactly so final thing is the quick fire question round uh, what is your favorite metallica song altogether it's actually fade to black it, i mean yeah yeah absolute masterpiece like definitely one of the best ever yeah it is it, it's it just for their ballads it's just the perfect one even without really a real chorus their mm-hmm. chorus just being a, a guitar yeah. it's just such a beautiful song that's got such emotion it's something that every time i hear it my hair stands on end mm-hmm. that outro solo as well it's beautiful yeah yeah that's it's probably the best ending to a metallica song ever i agree yeah uh what about album by the band uh album is going to be ride the lightning mm-hmm. yeah. it, it's it's hard to compete i mean you've got one of the great album openers and fight fire you've got creeping death you've got ride the lightning you've got for whom the bell tolls you've got trapped under Overall, ice yeah <laughs> trapped under ice is a great oh yeah song. yeah still great the, yeah yeah honestly the weakest song is escape and even that's not a bad no song. it's not bad it no it's not no start start to finish it is a really creeping solid death, good like, yeah it's right. call cthulhu yeah. all of it just works yeah. so well oh my god and uh, favorite member of the band uh, I, I hate to give such the easy answer, but it, it's got to be James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got to be James. It I does. mean, yeah. yeah. La- Lars, I feel like, is the driving force of the band, but James, with the riffs and the lyrics, James is who makes you feel and just makes you, I don't know, it, it shows he's all about, are you alive? Listening to him makes you feel alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. What about... um? seen the band live have you seen them live at all i have i've seen them 10 times last time being in march in kentucky what's the best time you've seen them uh probably the most awesome show i've been to like the most interesting would have been the big four show they did in california back in 2011 that's dope that's really cool that was a lot of fun so that was just sets by two hour sets was it by all the bands uh, Metallica definitely had the longest set. Sure. I think Slayer was pretty close. Anthrax and I think Megadeth maybe got about an hour. <laughs> Megadeth got half an hour. Yeah. What was it? Half an hour? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. From, from, <laughs> I would have been, I been surprised. <laughs> or Dave would have said that they played for two hours, but Dave just made it out like they played for half an hour. But uh, oh, and ten times, goddamn, yeah, I've only seen them two myself. But so that would have been what stretching back from say uh, anger era or. No, my first show was on the Death Magnetic Tour. Oh, okay. It's uh, back in 2009. Okay, so you would have seen that was just your life live then? Yes, I got to see it twice, fortunately. Excellent. And uh, final question then. If you were to do a podcast like this about a band that you love, what would you like to cover? I absolutely love Iron Maiden. That's my second mm-hmm. favorite band. But there's already Maiden podcasts out there. There's, there's quite a few, one. yeah. Yeah. So I'm honestly going to go with another favorite metal band, and it's Volbeat. Volbeat gets no love out there that I see as far as broadcasting, so it it would have to be Volbeat. Metallica love Volbeat. They do, and they've got that right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is there a Volbeat podcast? There's not. They're just a really fun band. Mm -hmm. I mean, they started off super heavy, and they've gotten more pop-rocky as they've gone. They just had a new album come out, yes, or Friday, actually. Right. But they're just a really fun band to see live. They just have a lot of energy, a lot of a lot of bounce to their music, a lot of groove. So um, I guess finally, is there anything you'd like to promote yourself? Any Twitter, Instagram, or anything like that? I am a rare breed. I am actually not a social media person. Damn. 
They exist. Fuck. They do. And in their 20s. And yeah, they, their 20s. they are Damn. out there. Okay, fair enough, man. Fair enough. I appreciate um, it, though. No, of course. So, guys, thanks again for listening. Follow us at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Uh, iTunes is there. Patreon is there also if you want to support. We've got lots of cool songs coming up in the distance. We have The uh, the Thing That Should Not Be, then The Form We've In, Through the Never, To Live Is To Die. That's the next two weeks on the show. And then wrapping up the tease will be Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World, which Ramones cover Too Late, Too Late, Trapped Under Ice, Tuesday's Gone, and Turn the Page. And then we hit the use with The Unforgiven Trilogy should be a fun consecutive trio of episodes but um yeah as always guys appreciate you listening go back check out the old episodes check out the new ones as well subscribe to the archive tell a friend about the show check out all the other great metallica podcasts out there music podcasts etc form a volbeat podcast if you enjoy volbeat just to give matt something to listen to and i'm sure many other volbeat fans around the world but um matt thank you again for your time thanks for coming on thanks so much tom it's been a pleasure 